This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Did y'all bring a Bible with you tonight? Good. Let's open our Bibles to Mark's Gospel again, chapter 11. I want to welcome all of you that are watching online uh, with us this evening. Praise God. Delighted you can be with us here this evening and take in the Word of God. Thank God for His Word. Amen. The entrance of His Word gives light. He gives the illumination. It gives instructions. Praise God. He said it set the captive free. Glory to God. So thank God for His Word. You know, I think sometimes, uh, <clears throat> well, maybe in evangelical circles at least, uh, we haven't always placed the kind of premium on the Bible, the Word of God, that we need to. And, um, you know, I mean, I say it all the time, you know, you get in the book, let the book get in you. But that's what gives us victory. That's what, you know, um, staves off the things that cause harm in our lives, and most of which is deception. That's why Jesus said, you'll know the truth, the truth will make you free. Jesus said his word is truth. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to forsake the word of God. You know, I mean, and I say that in this context that, you know, um, when Paul was writing to the uh, church there in Colossae, he said, let the word of Christ dwell in you how? richly, abundantly. And praise God, you know, it's, it's not at that moment of time, you know, when you're studying the Word of God or reading the Bible and things of that nature that it counts. What counts is when you need it. Huh? And so the disciplines, you know, of studying the Word of God and finding text, texts and, and, and looking into what it is that Jesus was saying and and understanding, you know, the dynamics of all of that and things so that the Holy Ghost can, can make that thing alive in your heart is so important. Hallelujah. And people miss out on that, you know. I mean, the reality is, is that, you know, and again, a lot of folk do it, but I mean, if all your deal is, is you're just going to go to church on a Sunday morning, you know, hear a message, you know, let the preacher preach, I kind of, I agree with him, so it's okay. Uh, uh, you're going to be in trouble, okay, because it's just not enough. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you, and he wants to talk to you through his word. And so that's why we're here tonight. Amen? We're going we're gonna to behold wonderful things from him, and we're going to drink deeply from the well of salvation. God's going to speak to our heart. And we're going to make a deposit in you, and that's going to be good for you uh, moving forward. Amen? And so uh, you just need to uh, get your heart ready to receive, because I believe God's got something good for you. Amen? It's like uh, the late Charles Capp said, you know, it's, it's not so much what I have to say to you, but rather what the Holy Spirit says to you through what I say to you. And that's, that's the beauty and the wonder of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know, we're singing tonight, and I was just, I was rejoicing, praise God, and being full of the Holy Ghost. I thank God for my heritage. I thank God for the Spirit of God. You know, and the expression that we have, the freedom and the liberty that we have in him, you know, to be able to rejoice. I mean, can you imagine just going to some stifled, slalom, uh, solemn, you know, kind of quiet, you know, uh, no, uh -uh, don't want to go to that, you know, church. No, you know, when we, you know, <laughs> let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, if we're breathing, let's, let's do it. What do you say? Yeah. Amen. Praise God. All right. 
Mark chapter 11, let's go ahead and pray together and then we'll get into what I want to share with you this evening. Oh, Father, we're so grateful. Thank you, Father God, for the privilege we have to come together, gather in the name of Jesus, lift up our voices in adoration to you, Father. We thank you for your living word. Father, we come with humility and reverence. Teach us your ways, O oh God. We ask you to show us the things that are hidden. Reveal to us that which needs to be known and may be known to us. Father God, we, we position our hearts and our minds to receive from you tonight. And we just want to thank you, Father, for your divine grace in every one of our lives as we approach your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Mark chapter 11, verse 12, and on the morrow or in the morning, when the disciples and Jesus were come from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if perhaps he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. Drop down to verse 20. And in the morning the next day, as they passed by, they saw the tree, the fig tree, dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said to him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus uh, answering said unto them, Have faith in God, or have the faith of God. Some have translated it to say, have the God kind of faith. And then in verse 23, he says, For verily or truly I say to you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Hallelujah. What a beautiful portion of Scripture. Isn't that right? And you know, from it, there's a lot of things we can extract. Uh, we know that Jesus took this opportunity to be, just let it be a teachable moment to his disciples. I don't know if it was a holy setup or not. I mean, he cursed a tree, and they heard it. And, you know, all of a sudden, the next day, he just took it as an opportunity to teach them about the God kind of faith. And that kind of faith simply says that whosoever shall say, not doubt in his heart, but believe the things he says, he's going to have whatever he says. And the truth of the matter is, is that everyone is having what they say in terms of what it is that they believe. Are you with me? And so thank God if we get a hold of the word of God and begin to believe it, hallelujah, and begin to align our speech and our thinking uh, up with what it is that God says, and guess what? Life can change. You know, I didn't know that God had a plan for my life. I didn't know that God wanted to bless my life. I didn't know that God was a good God. I didn't know God was a good God. I mean, I just knew I needed salvation. I gave my heart to him, and all of a sudden, everything changed. And then, praise God, I began to behold these wonderful things out of the Bible. And all of a sudden, I discovered, you know, hey, there's a God in heaven that loves me. Now, that's a, that's a new one. I didn't know that God loved me. Now, I know it's in the Bible. You've all read it. I memorized it. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish. But I didn't know the reality of those verses, praise God, until... I surrendered my heart to him, and I opened up my life to him. And then all of a sudden, praise God, the light came on. Aren't you glad for that tonight? I'm telling you what, glory to God, it's a life like no other. 
We may not have it all figured out, but I tell you what, we're on the right road. Are you with me? And so we stay faithful to that. Now, the interesting thing about something Jesus said here, and we mentioned this before, but, you know, the things you say matter. Things you allow to come out of your mouth, they are important. And not to mention the fact that your words have power. And they have power positively and negatively. Are you listening to me? A lot of folk, you know, they may not put much stock in it. Well, I don't believe that. Well, say what you want, believe what you want. But you know, these things are true. And that's why we need to put a watch over our lips and make sure, praise God, that we're saying the things that we need to say. So the things we say do matter. Our words have power. The things we believe matter, you know. And um, so we talked about this. We were talking about components of faith. And, um, you know, Jesus said to have faith in God. In other words, I want you to believe what it is that God has said. Yeah, I was thinking about this because I've been reading through the scriptures here of late and especially in the aftermath of the resurrection. And, you know, you'll see all over in these various uh, uh, narratives, these passages, you know, where Jesus is appearing to people and, and he's talking to them and different things, you know, and they're giving their side of it, you know, and when they get all done, then he gives them his side of it. But what he gives them is what the prophets and all of the, the uh, Moses and the law and all of these things had said, right? In other words, all these things God had foretold would happen. And that's what he had placed the integrity of what it is that occurred, you know, in the resurrection on. In other words, he says, look to the scriptures because in them is the truth. This, this, is, this is what's going on. This is what's going to happen. You know, so here we are now, 2,000 years down the road, living in the last days on the threshold of his second return, and he's given us instructions. He's told us things about all these things must come to pass. And when you see these things, lift up your head because your redemption draws nigh. In other words, he's, he's trying to help us to focus on him because all these things, you know, you hear people all the time talking about, you know, all this has been fulfilled, you know, and it has. Hallelujah. Yeah, I was just listening to Brother Hagin's prophecy. Uh, he had a prophecy back in the 60s about this big, this dark black hand coming out of the, up out of the Atlantic Ocean, turning into a dark cloud, and, you know, going over uh, the, the uh, United States and then like these ink blotches, you know, that would fall on different various places, primarily metropolitan areas, big, you know, urban areas and things like that. And he said it was the spirit of uh, uh, communism, you know, and uh, basically the Antichrist. And you see it happening. I mean, you know, the whole we talk about the socialism and all this and that and the other you know, it, at its core, it is intended to do nothing but to kill, steal, destroy, and make slaves out of people. And the funny thing about it is people don't even know it. Yep. Are you listening to me? You say, well, what are we supposed to do? Do what he said. Lift up your head. Yeah, because your redemption's drawing near. He's coming again. Did you hear me? He's coming again. You know, I was just thinking about it. You know, he said, he said uh, when Paul wrote about it, he said, in the moment... In the twinkling of an eye, he's going to come. 
You know, when Peter was writing, he said, it'll be like a thief in the night. You know, you'll just be tootling along, all of a sudden, bam. Huh? Come on. You know, you know Jesus, he, to- he told us parables. He talked to us about the fact that, you know, that, you know, things would be going on. People would be given in marriage. You know, all things would continue as they were. And then all of a sudden, bam. You know, he talked about the thief that come. He said, if the watchman had known what hour that he, that he was coming, he said he would have watched. And he says, what I say unto you, uh, you, I say to all, watch. So let's watch. Glory to God. You say, well, what's that mean? Praise God. That means you got your, your lamps trimmed, your lights burning. You're excited about the things of God. You're rejoicing over the fact he's coming again. You're doing everything you can to help other people come into the knowledge of the truth. Be born of the Spirit. Glory to God. Amen. You know, the world doesn't have any hope, but we got all kinds of it. Huh? And it's worth sharing. Amen. So we can sure rejoice and be glad. Amen. Praise God. So we were talking about faith, having faith. How many of you know it's kind of important? (laughs) And you have to have knowledge before you can have faith. And like I said, I use my own example. There are a lot of things I didn't know. I didn't really know. I didn't know the reality that God loved me. Boy, but I'm telling you what, when, when, when that revelation knowledge exploded on the inside of me, it changed my life forever. Amen. Praise God. Thinking about Peter. You know, he ended up in jail a couple different times. You know that, don't you? And on both occasions, angels delivered him out of that situation. You know, when, when him and, uh, was it Peter and John the first time there when they raised that guy up? He was sick and afflicted, and he got healed, and they threw him in jail. And... Uh, and uh, then the next time in Acts chapter 12, you know, he's, he's sleeping between two soldiers. This time they chained him to people because the last time he got away by angelic help. So, they, I mean, it's like, what, what, yeah, that's going to help, you know. They, 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 they gave him, you know, they, they put four uh, uh, groups of four soldiers in charge of watching him, you know. He ain't going to get away this time. Well, watch. And here's the thing. I guess this is the reason I was going to say this. You know, when the angel came that night, and he's sleeping between these two guys, and he's chained to them, and he's sleeping, he is in a a dead sleep. I mean, the, the angel had to smote him. Hey, wake up. Now, think about this, because, because he had been, he had been incarcerated because uh, Herod had taken James's life, the brother of John, the sons of Zebedee, had taken his life. And he had seen politically that it had, you know, he'd got, he'd, he'd got some change in his pocket with the Jews. So he thought, well, I'll just do the same thing, Peter, I'll, you know, get some, curry some favor, whatever. Well, what he ended up doing is, is that he had killed James with the sword. That means he cut his head off. Okay. So he's intending to do the same thing to Peter. But Peter, again, may I appeal to you, is between these two guys doing what? Sleeping. Sleeping. He was not worried about it. Dear God, we were wondering if we're going to be able to pay our light bill. This guy is going to have his life taken from him the next day, and he's on, you know, he's in a dead sleep. And it's because he knew something, and he knew that it wasn't his time. See, when the Bible says be careful for nothing, guess what? You can be careful for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto him and the what? Peace of God that what? 
surpasses knowledge or understanding. And it will keep your heart and your mind. Thank God for the one who indwells us. Because in the midst of adversity, in the midst of storm, in the midst of calamity, in the midst of problems, in the midst of whatever, chaos, God can keep you, praise God, because there's something you know that others do not. Are you listening to me? And sure enough, you know, praise God, he got delivered. Huh? Guess what? He'll do the same thing for you. You see all this stuff going on in the world? We think, my God, what's this thing? What's, what's all this coming to? An end. You know, there's got to be an end. Okay? And the last time I checked in the New Testament, it's going to get a little ugly. But. Everybody say, but. but. This is good news. The Bible says that only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. In other words, you get to watch it. Huh? Is it regrettable? Absolutely. Do you wish it could be different? Absolutely. But you know, there are things that people have chosen. They have set the course for their lives with what they... Don't worry about these politicians and what they're doing that's so corrupt and wrong. Listen, their day is coming. And, and listen, there is, there is no escape. If you want to, pray for them, because they're going to need it. Are you with me? You say, yeah, but they're just creating all kinds of hell for everybody, you know, and it could be so much different. That's true. But when the God of this world is controlling your mind, then you don't have a clue. You're an instrument for the culmination of all things. Hell knows that his time is short. So that's why, you know, you and I, I mean, I, I come back to this point about you know, the Bible and what it says about you as a child of God and how much he cares for you and loves you. You know, he's going to take a father's place. He will take care of you. You don't have to fear. Are you listening to me? I was just out, you know, I had a, I, we've got a property that I was working on and eh, thank God for landscaping. You know what I'm saying? You know, so I'm out there with my tree trimmer or my bush trimmer or whatever that thing is, hedge trimmer. You know, and, and here comes this gal. And she's a believer, but she says, I need a word. You know? I'm thinking, okay. She doesn't attend our church, okay? So, so she, I need a word. I said, you need a what? She says, I need a word. I need a word about COVID, you know, and, and, and you know, so that I won't be afraid. Now, this is, would not be the typical answer of most people. <laughs> but I just decided, hey, why not? You know, so I just said, okay, here's the deal. I'll give you a word if you'll promise to do what I tell you right now. She goes, okay. I said, turn off the TV. Well, that's not what she wanted. You know, that's not what she was expecting. You know, so I went on and tried to explain to her, you know, about the whole thing and the, you know, likelihood of her, you know, passing if she you know, were to even contracted. I mean, 97% of the people, unless you're over 70 years old, and this 94.6, you're not going to die, okay? But they're not telling you that. Now there's variants. Now there's all this other kind of thing. Anything that they can use to manipulate and control, you know? Yes, it's real. Yes, there are people that have gotten deathly sick and, and have even passed as a result of it. But you know, praise God, there's a God in heaven 
I said, there is a God in heaven. Where is our faith in him? That's the question I want to ask, you know. Wow. So anyway, I talked to her, and basically I just told her, you know, I said, listen, her name was Linda. I said, Linda, you have nothing to fear. She's a child of God. For I mean, you know, if it was a sinner, eh, then you're going to approach it a little bit different. But I knew she's a believer, you know. But I said, you're a child of God. You, you have nothing to fear. Why? Because God loves you. He loves us. Are you listening to me? But I, I come back to the point that I was making earlier, you know, about the importance of you allowing the Word of God to saturate your heart and your mind so that when these things you know like you said be careful for nothing but this is what you need to do and listen it says the the peace of god that passes all understanding dude that thing with peter in acts chapter 12 that gets past understanding i i can only imagine these two guys that were locked up hitched up to him for the night you know they probably all laid down all of a sudden he's they're going, man, he ain't worrying about nothing for tomorrow, is he? You know, it's probably a testimony right there. Are you with me? It's beautiful. It's nice to be able to lay your head down and go to sleep because you don't have a care. He knew that God was going to deliver him because Jesus told him what death he would die in order to glorify God. You know that? He told him, he says, you're going, you dress yourself and go where you want to go now, but there's going to come a time when you can't dress yourself and somebody else has to lead you. And that's, you know, he's talking about or signifying. So he, he wasn't an older person. So I don't know how, you know, the process in his thought life was, but he just knew it ain't my time because I ain't old yet. And God delivered him. Are you listening to me? Well, there's a lot of things God's promised you and me. You know, I tell you what, if I were you and I had concerns about some things, I would take the 91st Psalm out of the New Living Translation and I would wear it out. I would literally, I would mer- I'd memorize it. Because I tell you what, it is so powerful. He that dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. In him will I trust. Glory to God. Amen. You know, fear is, is it's a powerful kind of thing. And it dominates people's lives. People are so afraid, just like the person that I just mentioned to you. But they don't need to be. But if you don't believe the word of God, huh? It's hard to help someone if they won't believe. That's all. Let's move on. We talked about the fact you need to have knowledge. And if I, if I go there any further, we're never going to get any place. We'll be stuck for eternity here on the knowledge of God. It's all really good, though. Okay. Second thing is, is you got to have mental assent. You say, well, it's about time, man. We've been waiting for four weeks. Okay, well, that's the second component to faith. All right? Mental assent. In other words, there has to be a mental agreement with the evidence, and the evidence in our case is the Bible, the Word of God. 
He said, he said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, I am with you always, even to the end. Of... Now, if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that he's with you, you know, a lot of times you'll say, well, listen, you're not alone. They say, well, yeah, yeah, I just feel like, the... no, you're not alone. He said he would never leave you. And they'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. But they don't believe it. Huh? You're not alone. You're never alone. You will never be alone. Hallelujah. Not only, the, not only that, but the Bible says that his angels have been given charge over you to keep you in all of your ways so that you do not dash your foot against a stone. Glory to God. But of course, you got to believe it. Amen. You get into fear and all kinds of things, bad things happen, you know. Hallelujah. But here's the thing I want to mention to you is, is that faith is created when we hear the Word of God, which brings knowledge, and we receive. Everybody say receive. So you have to hear it, but you also have to receive it or accept it. Okay? Um, you know, uh, as the Word of God. And, and the thing is, is there's... If there's no intellectual agreement with the evidence that's being present or, uh, presented, then, then you got unbelief. And, and the thing about it is, is that a lot of times people will make the mistake of mentally agreeing with the Bible and they think it's faith, but it's not. Does that make sense to you? And I'll explain that a little bit further here as, as we go on. Look at John, go to John's Gospel, chapter 20. <clears throat> because the thing is, you guys, I mean, a lot of people, they agree, they mentally agree with the Bible, but they don't do anything with it, you know? But if you, if you agree with the Bible, then there's going to be, and this is the third component, which is action, but we got to get you, you know, to, to agree with the evidence uh, to begin with. Look at this in John 20. Uh, we've talked about this on occasion here of, of late. Um, this is uh, Thomas's circumstance, and you know the story well. In uh, chapter 20, verse 19, notice what it says here. Um, now, this is just right after his um, resurrection. Verse 19, the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said, <laughs> said to them, Peace be unto you. Hallelujah. They had to be freaking out. I bet the hair on the back of their head was standing up, and they didn't know what to think. Now notice, let's go down to verse 24. It says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples, therefore they said to him, We've seen the Lord. But he said, Now except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of those nails, thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. So what do we got going here? Well, we've got knowledge. These guys are coming back and they're saying, hey, you know, we seen him. And he's saying, maybe you did, but I don't believe it. So there's no assent or agreement to what is being told of the evidence that Christ was raised from the dead. He said, unless I see it, I will not believe it. 
So what ends up then happening is, is that you miss out on the blessing of God because of unbelief. Unbelief means unpersuadableness. You won't be persuaded. I tell you what, I'm persuaded. I am fully persuaded that what God has promised glory to God, he's able also to perform. Are you listening to me? You say, well, what do you do about unbelief? Well, the best thing you can do is start obeying God. Amen? And believing what it is that he said. Now, so let's go on reading here and let's see what happens. He said, I won't believe, verse 26. Then eight days later, the disciples were within. Thomas was with them. And then came Jesus, the door being shut, stood in their midst, said the same thing. Peace be unto you. And then said he to Thomas, reach hither your finger and behold my hands. Reach hither your hand and thrust it into my side. And be not what? Be not what? Be not faithless. So there was an absence of faith, even though he had heard from those that he had been with for three and a half years, he said, I'm not going to believe it. And he said, do this and be not faithless, but believing, believing. Well, of course, right then he, he repented. Oh, my God, my Lord and my God. And he said, Thomas, he said, um, because you have seen me, you've believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Now, I don't know if anybody in the congregation here this evening, you know, has had a visitation from God, seen him physically or anything. I don't think so. We'd probably know about it. But you know, the Bible says you're blessed because you believe even though you haven't seen. And I tell you what, praise God, you can go to the bank on it. Amen. Everything that Jesus has said is true. He's going to bring it to pass. He's going to take care of you. Glory to God. He's going to fulfill his promise to you. Hallelujah. We have nothing to fear. All we got on the front end of this deal, man, is good. Can you say amen? Now, like I said before, you know, faith is created in us when we hear and we receive or we accept the Word of God. I remember one time trying to uh, share the, my faith with someone so they could get saved. Actually, um, the, I think they had made a decision, but they were living for God. So I went after him. I said, dude, you don't want to do this. And, and this is what he said. He said, listen, listen. He says, don't, don't worry about me. I'm okay. Well, he wasn't okay. I mean, he said, you know, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. Dude, this guy was living just like he ought always lived in the world, you know? There was nothing, you know, transformational in his life that would give you any indication that he was any different than before. He'd received the word with gladness, but he didn't have any root in himself, and so he endured for a time, and maybe when affliction or persecution for the word's sake arose, he stumbled, he fell away. He was living in the dirt. I said, man, come on. You do not want to live in the dirt. He goes, oh, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Well, what is that? That is an unpersuadableness. He had heard, but he wouldn't be persuaded. So he lived in his filth all his life till he died. It was a bummer. Could have been so much different. Oh, praise God, the life and the plan that God has for the child of God and those that obey him. It's awesome. It's so awesome. Everybody say, you know, it really is awesome. 
<laughs> it's so awesome. Hallelujah. So <clears throat> in this scripture, let's go on reading verse 30. The Bible says many uh, other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples that aren't written in the book, but these are written that you and I might believe. God wants you to believe his testimony. He wants you to believe his word. He wants you to believe his promise. And guess what? You can do that. Come on now. I, I, we can believe. I believe. Everybody say, I believe. Praise God, we don't want to be those that draw back into perdition or destruction, but we're of those that believe to the saving of the soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. So these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that in believing, glory to God, you might have life in Him. So, again, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, but there also has to be a reception or an acceptance of what it is that the Bible says. You know, when the Bible tells you that you're put off this or put off that or put off, you know, whatever it is that's harmful or hurtful, lying, you know, anger, all these different things, like in the book of Ephesians, you know, you, you have to accept that. Well, no, you know, I've got this thing with anger, you know, and I, it's just me. It's just the way I am. It grew up in my family, and everybody else was angry, so I'm angry too. Well, he said, put it off. I don't care if you grew up with it. I don't care if it's your best friend. I don't care if it's in your back pocket. Get rid of it, you know. But if people won't be persuaded, you know, a lot of times people say, well, I just can't. Well, that's not true either because God would never ask you to do something that you're incapable of doing. The indwelling presence of God has been put in you to empower you and to help you to be able to change and to be transformed. So that's not true. So you got to get rid of the lies. Huh? Come on. So again, you know, faith, as I mentioned, was created when we hear the word of God, when we get the knowledge and we receive or we accept the word of God. Right, let's, let's look at this as an example, okay? Uh, let's turn to uh, Psalm uh, 35. Y'all glad you came? Look at Psalm 35 with me. This, uh, let's just go through this. This will help you. Whew, this helped me. I tell you what, I had, a lot of, I had a lot of work to do in this area. But look at this verse, Psalm 35. Whoo! How many of you believe the Bible tonight? I tell you what, God's got good things in store. Just go for it, man. Just go for it. You know, don't listen to other people. They're dumb. They don't know what you're talking about. You wouldn't tell them that, you know. But you, you get it. it. You know, it's a, the process, the journey. It's, it's an intriguing thing. You know, because everybody's got their own deals. You know, Bill, he might have his stuff going on. You know, um, uh, somebody else, you know, Michelle or whatever, you know, they got their deals. We all have our things. You know, but I'm telling you what, God wants you to get after it. Get, it, get, get the truth you know, for whatever it is. Now, look at this verse of Scripture, Psalm 35, verse 27. I love this verse. It says, let them shout for joy. Glory to God. Again, I thank God I'm a Holy Ghost guy because I can shout. There's some churches you can't shout. If you shout, my God, I mean, people's defibrillators and everything else will probably go off. You know what I'm saying? No, it says, let them shout for joy. Glory to God. I mean, that's a happy person, isn't it? Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yeah, let them say continually, 
Let the Lord be magnified. Glory to God. Now listen to this. Which has pleasure in the what? In the prosperity of who? Are you a servant of his? Now here's the thing you got to understand, you guys. When it comes to the subject, some people almost think that prosperity is a dirty word. They do. You know, it's, maybe it's been abused or misused, or maybe there's someone you've seen that, you know, that's what they're all about, you know, and just the air, they reek with arrogance and pride, or, you know, they're always talking about it or whatever the case might be, or some people, you know, go around and say, yeah, well, you know, money's the root of all evil, you know, I don't want any of that stuff. Well, no, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. So it's, it's more an issue of how it is that we handle it. And I understand, you know, Paul, you know, in First uh, Timothy chapter 6, he says, charge them that are rich in this world not to be high-minded nor to put their trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us all things richly, what? To enjoy. Did you hear that? He wants to give you all things richly to enjoy. He has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So, so here's what happens. If you allow the, the negative connotations, statements, beliefs, and all of the other things that people have about prosperity, you know, then, then you run the risk of missing out on what God wants to do for you. You know? Now, when I was growing up and first getting started in all this, you know, it was more that um, that, that was a false doctrine. For you to uh, have abundance, for you to prosper, you know, and, and that you're made... Now, if you make that your ambition, then you probably do have some issues. But what I'm saying is, is that under the covenant that God has made with you as his child, he wants to take care of you. And the Bible says he gets a charge out of watching you prosper. Now, people might not, but he does. So you got to get delivered from people. Amen. And I say it all the time, you know, I mean, in our church, we teach people that God wants to prosper them because he does. And not only that, but if God gets to prospering you, then you can be a conduit, you can be a channel through which God can bless the body of Christ and everybody else and whatever it is that we're doing within the church. But if nobody's got any money, you can't do nothing. I was just talking to a banker here just not long ago, and he was talking about this very thing. You know, and of course, you know, as a banker, he sees all the accounts of the churches, and he says, I don't even know how they do it. Well, here's the thing. They don't. You know, churches are locking the doors right and left. You know, nobody's coming, nobody's giving, nobody's doing anything. You know, but here's the thing you always need to understand. There's always going to be life-giving churches. God will have his final say. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church, and we're going to be one of them churches. Are you with me? So I'm not going to let anyone, you know, uh, keep me from believing what it is that the Bible has to say when it says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Let them say, continue to the Lord be magnified that has pleasure 
in the prosperity of his servants. I'm one of them. So I'm in. Okay, and I'm going to start looking for ways to prosper. Huh? Is that okay? Okay, now that's not my priority. It's not the thing I live for. But my expectation and my faith is that I, praise God, will be one of those people that is, that is a contributor to the advancement of the kingdom. Now, we won't go there, but, uh, you know, uh, another verse of Scripture is 3 John 2. Now, I don't know what you believe. I don't know what you think. I don't even know what you're thinking about what I just got done saying. I mean, you know, I think I know, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of times you start talking about these things, and, you know, people, they got stuff buried down on the inside of them, strongholds that are sitting in there, you know, and, and whenever this stuff gets stated, then all of a sudden that surfaces. But here's another verse of Scripture. Beloved. Huh? How many beloveds we got here? My wish, my prayer, my desire, above all things, is that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Now, you do got to get your mind renewed. Amen. And I fought it, like I said, you know, as an 18 or 19, 20 year old, 21 year old. I mean, when you come out of certain backgrounds where you, ha- you don't have anything, you know, and you're always without and all of that, dude, it, it, you gotta, it, it takes a lot of reframing and, and thinking differently. And then again, well-meaning people will come along and say, oh, no, that's not what that means, you know. You know, you got to be careful of that filthy lucre stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, you do. My suggestion to you, praise God, is handle it lightly and let it flow. Amen? He said, give and it'll be given to you. Isn't that right? Now, here's another verse of Scripture. You all good? We got a little bit of time here. Turn over to Deuteronomy. Now, I, I tell you what, I, when I read these... 28, look at Deuteronomy 28. When I read these verses of Scripture, I mean, praise God. It'll put a dance in your step, unless you're unpersuadable. Because we're going to get knowledge, and then we're faced with whether or not we're going to mentally agree or assent to what it is that it says. I'm in. I want to tell you, before I read it, I'm in. Okay? So I may not understand it, but I'm in. Okay? Notice what it says here. Verse 20, or chapter 28, verse 1. And it shall come to pass. Everybody say, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. It shall come to pass. Doesn't mean it's going to come instantly. And that's, again, that's the thing that trips people up. Oh, you're talking about all this, you know, and you're saying that, and I don't believe it because nothing's happening. It shall come to pass. It's going to come to pass. My wife and I have been living for God since we were 19, 18, and 19 years old. And when we got started, we didn't have anything. But guess what? It has come to pass. Took 40 years, but hallelujah. I'm just excited about the next 40. Are you listening to me? It shall come to pass. Now, if you don't believe that, guess what? It shall not come to pass. It's just that simple. Okay? 
So that, but we're, we're on the believing side, right? Okay, it's going to come to pass. If you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, observe to do all His commandments that I command you this day, listen, that the Lord your God will set you on high. Glory to God. That who's going to do it? The Lord your God is going to set you on high above all the nations of the earth. And all the, now here's the thing. I, I can hear it right now. Well, he's talking about the Jews. Well, you know, if you be Christ, you're Abraham's seed. You're an heir according to the promise. Okay, we solved that. Okay, you're in. You know? Verse second, uh, verse second, verse, verse two. And all these blessings, everybody say blessings. And all these blessings, say blessings. blessings. You do know what a blessing is, don't you? Okay. All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Woo! If you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God. Hallelujah. You know, in the Hebrew, somebody, I wrote this in the margin of my Bible. It says this about this verse. It says, and all these blessings shall come on thee. The blessings will suddenly come upon you and chase you down and take you hostage. I believe that. Huh? You know, that makes you happy. You know, that'll just, that'll just you know, set your feet a-dancing. If you don't believe it, well, then we got a little work to do. But he said they'd come on you and overtake you if you'd hearken uh, to the voice of the Lord your God. Listen, verse 3. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. That just means it don't matter where you live, baby, it's coming. Huh? Verse 4. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the fruit of, the, of thy ground. The fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Hallelujah. Now, you know, we don't all live in agrarian cultures and society, but I mean, whatever it is you do, he said he'd bless it. Okay? Notice what it goes on to see. say, verse 5, Blessed shall be, uh, blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. Everybody say, I am blessed. See, you're blessed and you don't even know it. Now this, verse 7, look at this. What's the first three words? The Lord shall. The Lord shall. The Lord shall. The Lord shall. Not you. The Lord shall. Cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. Hallelujah. You know, in Psalm 118, you ought to put it in your margin right there, verse 6, it says, The Lord is on my side. Yeah, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can men do to me? Man, I'm telling you, that's salty. Isn't that good? So he says right here, the Lord will cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They'll come out against you one way and flee before you seven. Look at verse 8. The Lord shall. Underline that. 
Verse 7, it says the Lord is going to do this. Verse 8, the Lord is going to do this. He shall command the blessing upon thee in your storehouses. Huh? Barns. My marginal reference says barns. You say, I don't got no barns. Yeah, you do. You just don't probably know it. Hallelujah. And in all that you set your hand unto. The EVS, or EVS says all that you undertake. Hallelujah. Whatever you set your hand unto, and he will bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God gives thee. Verse 9, again, underline, the Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself. So the Lord shall cause, the Lord shall command, the Lord shall establish. Oh, I like them words. Come on now. Establish you a holy people to himself, as he has sworn unto you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So what do you ask us to do? Love one another. Love as I have loved you. Got one thing to do, baby, and if you'll do it, the blessing will come on, chase you down. Huh? That's why you don't want to get in strife. That's why you don't want to get in unforgiveness. That's why you don't want to be bitter. You know, whenever you have the temptation to do any of that stuff, the best thing to do is stop and say, you know, devil, since you brought this up, we're just going to take some time and pray for them. Well, pray, devil. We're going to pray for them to God so that God will bless them. Guess what? He will not be around very long. You say, how do you know that? Because I've had to do it. (laughs) Huh? But you know what? It works. Huh? I'm not going to be throttled. I'm not going to be disqualified. I'm not going to miss out on the blessing of God because I let some root of bitterness get on the inside of me because somebody did whatever it is they did. Life's too short for that, baby. I've watched people die of bitterness. I've watched people die of unforgiveness. I've watched them. Well, thank God that doesn't happen to happen to you. Did I say that right? That does not have to happen to you. But it's a decision. Hallelujah. Well, let's see, where were we? Verse 10. All the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they'll be afraid of you. Glory to God, they ought to be. Listen to this. Verse 11. What's those first? And the Lord, and the Lord, and the Lord, well, shall. Yeah. Yeah. You plenteous in good. Who's going to do that? Now, if this is not the will of God, then I tell you what, we got some problems here. Huh? If it's not the will of God for you to be plenteous in goods, we need to rip this verse out of the Bible right now because we got problems. And stop shouting for joy and being glad. No. It says here that the Lord will make you plenteous in goods in the fruit of your body, the fruit of your cattle, in the fruit of your ground, and, and the land which the Lord swore to give your fathers to give them. Now, hey, the, one translation says it this way. Instead of plenteous in goods, it says you will abound. The EVS says abound in prosperity. The Lord shall cause you to abound in prosperity. Now let me let me let me give you a hey, get ready here. So I'm about to say something. You ready? Yep. When this stuff starts coming on you, you're gonna work harder than you worked before. Amen. 
Thanks for your enthusiasm. Because everybody wants to get all excited about, you know, brother whoever and sister whatever, you know, and they're making all this and that and the other and look what they're driving and whatever. Guess what? When this stuff comes on you, you better start making up your mind that you're going to go to work. Because it, it's not, you know, and that's the thing, you know, people have this mistaken idea. Well, you know, God's, he said he shall cause and command and establish and all I got to do is believe. Wrong. There's a third component to this thing called faith. It's called action. Okay? You can believe it all you want, brother, but I'm telling you what, praise God. You know, I say this all the time, like tonight, I mean, vanilla bean is in my freezer. And it's awesome, Mary. Okay? So when I get home and, you know, get, get my clothes off, you know, and get all, you know, dressed in, cashed out, you know, and I go in the living room and I sit there, you know, and maybe I'm going to watch the weather or whatever the case might be, and I think, man, there's vanilla bean in that freezer. I know it. I have knowledge. And I mentally agree with it that it is really good. Huh? You know? But I can know it's there. Huh? I can agree with how good it is. But I can tell you this much about it, dude. If you don't get up and get in there and get it, you ain't having no vanilla bean. Is that right? I said, is that right? Well, I don't know how come God, you don't treat me. Get up! Go get it! Yeah, before someone else does, Linda. That's right. He blesses the work of your hand. Amen. Well, anyway. He'll make you plenty of some goods and he'll bless you. Praise God. Verse 12. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure the heaven to give the rain uh, unto your land in his season and to bless all the work of your hand and thou shalt lend to many nations and shall not borrow now the lord shall make thee the lord shall make thee the lord shall make thee the lord shall make the lord shall make you the head not the tail God wants you to be the head, not the tail. Do you know that the backside of something is not as good as the front side? For a variety of reasons. Huh? He wants you to be at the head, not the tail. You might start out the tail, but we're not going to stay there. I'm going to hustle up. I'm going to go faster than it so I can get in front of it. He said, I'll make you the head, not the tail. Thou shalt be above only and not beneath. If that thou hearken to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today to observe them and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words that I command you this day, to the right or left, to go after other gods and serve them. So I'm not going after other gods. I'm not going after money. With me? People go after money. They get affluent, they leave the church, they're not around. Why? Because they have options. Now, I'm not opposed to options. I think it's great when people can get away and do whatever it is that they do. But a lot of them, they get, they get away and do whatever it is they do, and they don't come back. Are you with me? Listen, while we're talking about it, 
<laughs> Go back to the 8th chapter of, of Deuteronomy. I think about this couple right here. I think about that couple right there. I think about that single person right there. Been in our church for 40 plus years. And here they are on a Wednesday night without fail. Well, I tell you what, that says something. Well, Linda, I'll include you too. She was sitting there with these big puppy dog eyes like, whoa, 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 me. So I had to include her. Okay. No. Yeah, amen. Listen to this. Um, we'll start with verse 7. I mean, I could start anywhere, but this is a good place. For the Lord your God is going to bring you into a good land, a land of brooks, of waters, of fountains, and depths uh, that spring out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, vines and fig trees and pomegranates, and a land of oil and olive um, and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Where's he taking these people? To the Canaan land, to the land that flows with milk. Now, they did have to go possess it, didn't they? I said they had to go possess it. Huh? A land, verse 9, wherein you shall eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it, whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you will dig brass. And when you, Now listen, when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he gives to you. But beware that you do not forget the Lord your God in keeping his commandments, judgments, statutes, and the things I command you today. Lest, when you have eaten and are full, built goodly houses, dwell therein, and your herds and flocks multiply, your silver and gold is multiplied, everything that you have is multiplied, and then you say, then your heart be lifted up, and you forget God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Dude, I mean, some of us, I mean, the life that we had in the world was destroying us from the inside out and the outside in, and God delivered us. I mean, we owe him everything. Are you listening to me? And then uh, it says some other things there, but look at verse 17. And you say in your heart, well, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. Uh-oh. But you better remember the Lord your God because it's he that gives you the power or the ability to produce wealth so that he can establish his covenant with you that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. But if it be that you do it all forget him and walk after other gods, serve them and worship them, I testify to you today, you're going to perish. Huh? Well, we don't want that to happen, amen? So let's, let's not let things get a hold of us. Let's hold on. Or I mean, let's, let's, how do I want to say that? We hold the things, they don't hold us. Does that make sense? Well, I've went way over my time, but I'm okay with that. You know, because we don't want to be like Thomas. We want to be like Abraham. Abraham didn't believe everything at first. Dude, he made some big mistakes. God visited him in Genesis chapter 12 and said, if you get out from among your countrymen, I'll make you a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth will be blessing you. He said, I'm in. So he gets into this deal. He's 75 years old when he gets out there, but it took him till he was 100 in order for the promise to be fulfilled when uh, Isaac was born. And that 25-year period in between, he did some stuff. 
I mean, you know, he told his wife, hey, tell everybody you're my sister because otherwise they'll just kill me and, you know, whatever. Well, dude, they're going to kill you anyway. Why, why would you do that? You know, and then that whole Hagar thing, that really got stuff mixed up. Huh? But so, so as not to be discouraged, you know, even though, you know, there's maybe been some mistakes that we made, glory to God, we can get better. Huh? There's still a promise in front of us of what it is that God wants to do in our lives. So let's, let's go for that. Amen. Ain't no use spilling, you know, crying over whatever we spill back here. The only thing you've got is in front of you. You can learn from it, but let's go. Let's believe God. Let's take action now. Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. Father, I just want to thank you tonight because you are so good to me. Thank you for your blessing. You said it shall come to pass. And I believe you, Father. Thank you for your mercy and goodness. Thank you for your divine grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Linda is a good example because I didn't include her in the other thing. But here's a gal who lost her husband uh, early on, you know, and, and died prematurely. And so she was left with nothing, literally nothing. And I tell you what, that woman, she looked at God, and God all of a sudden started doing this, that, and the other, changed people's hearts, and her life got changed. And I'm telling you what, God has fulfilled his word in her life in a magnificent way. Are right, you listening to me? And we could talk about lots of others. Hi, Linda. I am trying to quit, but, you know, you're just going to wait on me, okay? Yeah, she's our music director. She's going, time for music. No, she's not. She would never do that. It's a blessing. Y'all get something out of tonight? Amen. Amen. Let's be like Abraham. Like I said, he got to the place. Took him a while. But you know, he got to the place. You know, he had these different encounters with God. You know, God said to him one time, he said, Hey, I'm your shield. And you're exceeding great reward. In other words, I protect you. And praise God, I provide for you in grand style. And he, he's, he's miffed. Okay, he goes, what are you going to give me that I don't already have? <laughs> you know? He says, El- Eliezer's the heir in my house. He ain't my, he ain't my kid. And he says, step outside. <laughs> so Abraham steps outside and he says, look up. He says, if you can count all them stars, that's how many are going to be your heir. And the Bible says that he believed God. See, sometimes we got to have these encounters with him to get our thinking straightened out, our heart straightened out, and all these things. And that's why if we'll get, if we'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. Huh? That was a game changer. You know, another time God's, you know, (laughs) came to him, you know, and and Abraham knew it was him, baby. And they got to talking. He says, uh, at this time, you know, or at the time of life or however it is, you know, you're going to have a child. And and Sarah, she's back, you know, uh, hiding around the tent corner there. And she laughs. And, one, and, and the angelic host that visited him said, uh, why did you laugh? And she says, I didn't laugh. Dude, you busted, okay? He said, oh, but you did laugh. But you know what? God's going to make good on his word even though you don't believe it. She says, shall a woman of my age have pleasure again? Evidently. Because <laughs> we got Isaac. Huh? Thank you, Jesus. Don't you love God? I'm telling you, God is so good. Praise God. Let's, let's just commit this to our hearts. Father, we just, 
We're, we're a people in a group, those that are here tonight, those watching um, by internet. Father, we're a people that we believe, Father. We thank you for your living word. We thank you that we can trust in you. We thank you that we can have confidence. Hallelujah. No matter what it is that's going on in the world today, Father, hallelujah. Jesus, he's going to come again. So we rejoice in that, and we uh, keep our focus and our fix and our eyes upon you, Father. I pray, Father God, that you'll take what it is that's been communicated here tonight. Use it to establish, Father God, fundamental foundational things within our hearts that keep us grounded, that keep us rooted in you. Hallelujah. And Father God, as we, you know, drill down deep, (laughs) glory to God, that praise God, we will not be moved. And so I just thank you for your blessing in the house tonight. Thank you, Father, for helping us to see things as you see. And, Father, in that we rejoice. We're so ever glad. So thank you for your blessing, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Praise God. We're going to receive an offering tonight.